with no plot. A lackluster, dull whodunit with second-rate characters even I didn't care about. I was getting nowhere with my 42nd book. Zilch. Everything I wrote was bland and totally uninspiring. The characters were wooden, and the plot was as predictable as summer road construction. What I needed was a good, uninterrupted night's sleep. Maybe if I was fresh in the morning. A dog? I slowly opened my eyes when I heard a low, menacing growl. A dog? I sat up again, clutching the end of the sheet to my chest. A very big, mean dog. Breaking out in a cold sweat, I wondered if an animal was in the house. Then I wondered, who had a dog that sounds like a junkyard Rottweiler? Certainly not old Mrs. Post, the ninety-year-old retired postmistress. For a deacon's wife, she talks pretty tough and drives stray animals out of her yard with a rake. Maybe the dog belongs to my next-door neighbor, Victor Johnson. He's deaf in one ear and can't hear out of the other. Could be he's bought a mastiff, or one of those big breeds you have to follow around with a shovel. I thought about my mother-in-law sleeping two doors away. If she hears the barking, she'll be upset. Herb's mother had moved in the week before, and she was uneasy with her new surroundings. Gunshots and barking dogs were not a soothing combination. Stella wasn't the type to pull the covers over her head and ignore strange noises. I'd be lucky if she didn't come barreling out with a flashlight in one hand and a poker in the other. Having Stella in my home wasn't anything either of us wanted, but after Herb died, there wasn't enough money to keep her in the residential care facility any longer. I worked myself into a blue funk over whether to bring her here to live. I finally moved Stella into the spare bedroom. She hadn't wanted to leave the retirement home, and I hadn't wanted her to either, but finances had stripped us both of our privacy. I'd always gotten along with my mother-in-law, but getting along and living together are two different things. I knew Stella probably felt the same way. Stella was here, probably awake by now. I settled back and drew a breath of resignation. What had happened to my sane life? The one I'd shared with Herb and a close circle of friends. I'd never realized how much death could impact the ones left behind. Losing Herb had derailed my world, and I couldn't get it back on track. And now Cece had problems. Newly widowed, my 31-year-old daughter had called to ask if she could come home for a while. Cece said she would only stay until I can put my life together. But I wasn't so sure three women with such different personalities could coexist under the same roof. No, I know we can't not without inviting a bunch of trouble. Still, I didn't have the heart to tell my daughter she wasn't welcome. I couldn't look the other way and ignore what was happening in Stella's and C's lives. But what about my life? Has anyone thought about my needs? Herb sure hadn't. He never thought much beyond the end of his nose. Still, he was a decent sort.
and an attentive father. He wasn't as social as I am, but maybe our differences balanced each other, which accounted for why we'd stayed married for 32 years. Life isn't supposed to be this way. Widowed at 60, burned out on writing, short on money, and living with my mother-in-law and my widowed daughter. Herb and I were supposed to retire together, but that's not going to happen. Not now. According to the ambulance attendant, Herb had had a freak fall, hitting his head on the side of the bathtub. A hotel maid found him the next morning when she came to clean the room. As sudden as that, my life had taken a nosedive, followed by a landslide. Stella was supposed to have lived out her remaining years in the company of her peers, comfortable and content at Shady Acres. C's husband, Jake.